Welcome to the BBC, a wax cast based on collaboration, not competition. Between Both Cheeks is a world filled with beauty, bums, and billions of bucks. The hosts of the BBC are Luba, the badass boss bitch, creator and owner of international brands and beauty salons. Give me one piece of advice. Becca, the egg, she's new to the beauty business but learning faster than a baby savant. All smoking mirrors to put some glamour. And Ashley, a straight, shooting, spicy Italian. Hot off the global circuit, she's got expertise to share. Location, location, location. Welcome to the BBC. Bring me your balls. No, Kelly Clarkson! Hello and welcome to another episode of the BBC. We have Becca the Enforcer today. <laughs> Hi. She's Hatch. She's Hatch. She's got a new yep. name. And we've got Ashley, the spicy Italian, all the way in Toronto, joining us. We are still semi-quarantined, if you will. We're still not getting together um, and recording these sessions. We're still taking advantage of working from home and staying safe. And today, we wanted to talk about um, something very interesting. And uh, yeah, show me the money. How do you guys pay yourself as small business owners, entrepreneurs? Mm -hmm. Um, Is it dividends? Is it as an employee? Is it, um, you know, just uh, tips? Like how, how does it work? I think you should explain dividends because I don't think many people, Mm -hmm. especially those who are not currently business owners, even know what that means. So that's like a foreign language. I know. I'm trying to even think about how to explain. So it's basically that you get paid. Let's see if I can explain this correctly. Through shares from the company. Uh Does that, Becca, do you have a better way of like breaking it down? No, I just know that one strategy to pay yourself as a business owner is to have another company that like, owns the company that's actually doing business and making money and then you pay yourself through dividends from the like mother company's shares of the but I don't know if that that doesn't explain dividends that's just one strategy that I've seen on the internet um that some people do yeah so basically dividends are payments that a company makes to its investors or shareholders they're made up of companies profits or retained earnings Um, And it's an amount set by the company. So a dividend policy and the company pays dividends to both common and preferred shares. So that's, that's the actual breakdown of it. That's how I, well, that made it a whole lot more easy to understand. (laughs) (laughs) Oh God. So, okay. Let me see. So dividends are payments from companies to shareholders, usually in the form of cash or additional stock. Yeah. It's based on the shares that you own. So if you own 100% of the shares, you'll receive 100 times as much from a dividend as someone who owns one one share of the stock. Yeah. So how do you, you've both been business owners, say I'm looking to go into business, which right now I'm not, but if I were, what are things Don't that do I- it! <laughs> Stop right there! You'll never get paid! Yeah, so do you, because I know especially we're all in Canada, um, with the whole pandemic thing in Canada to qualify for the unemployment payments, the Canadian Emergency Response Benefits, CERB, mm-hmm. you had to be an employee. 
And I know that stuffed up some business owners that weren't paying themselves as an employee. So like, what, what does that mean? And how does it affect like your taxes or your unemployment? What is the best strategy? I don't even know. I don't. Well, from that point of view, I would say going forward, if you're going to start a business, make yourself an employee. Yes. Now we know. (laughs) Because then gosh forbid anything was to happen like this again, then you know that the government will help you out. So from that point of view, I would say make yourself an employee. Now, is that always a possibility? Can you do that? I'm sure you asked Luba how many years she went without taking a paycheck when she opened the business. Mm-hmm. So I would, I'm under the impression differently for CERB, um, even business owners could collect CERB. Is that what you're referring to, Becca? Yeah, I thought they couldn't because um, Stephanie was not able to. Stephanie could collect CERB. She wasn't able to get any financial help through the SUS, C-E-W-S. Oh, for the loans so and things. That's, yeah, so that's okay. really where she, because she has no employees and because she didn't pay herself as an employee, she wasn't able to take advantage um, of the 75% that the government is helping through the C-E-W-S in Canada. For payroll. Mm-hmm. And that was like a big part of small business owners that don't have employees and didn't pay themselves as an employee um, really got really got stuck on but she she was able to collect that that two thousand a month Regular, which is yeah. not very yeah uh, not very much now I she couldn't I don't think she could collect unemployment just the serve Oh. Because she, but you didn't bit, get both. You only got one or the other. Yeah, right. right now they're just lumping it together. Yeah. So as a business owner, if you paid yourself as an employee, you could collect unemployment. But if you never have before, you couldn't because you didn't pay into anything. Oh, I see. Right? So you know how you guys have like money that comes off your check for unemployment. You know, we, we don't have that. So as an owner, you usually take like a lump sum here and there. I've paid myself in dividends before, and that was under the recommendation of my accountant based on what's happening at, at, in my business at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, I've started to pay myself as an employee recently, just because of the, I can take advantage of some of the, um, the loans that are happening. Um, but usually for me, it all depends on what the business is doing. So I know that I can usually take a paycheck November, December, I usually know that I can take a paycheck during the summer months. Um, October, I never get paid. Like that's just that's just a month that is really Even really still? low. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I usually I usually don't take anything. If anything, I mean, I could probably do. I could probably take something out, but the business just doesn't do what it needs to do for um, to cover all of the expenses and more. For me to, to for me to pull um, a check, so that's just something that I've always put in the back of my head. Like, don't expect to get paid in October. Um, mm-hmm. Moving, from, yeah, moving forward. So sometimes you'll have really good months where you can take like a little bit extra, and then sometimes you'll have really, really, really bad months where you look at you know you look at it and you're like, mm, no. Now, as someone that's been in business for quite some time and usually has like a little bit of a, a cushion. Could I probably take a paycheck in October? Yes. Do I choose not to? Because as a business owner, you consistently just put money back into the company. Mm -hmm. 
you know, it was, it was crazy. We had this great wholesale order that came through a couple weeks ago. It was a few thousand dollars in, um, in wax and everyone was so excited and they're packing it up and we're putting it on social media. And I turned around and I went back to the lab and I was like, I need to place another order. And every single penny that that person paid went right back into the business. Yeah. And I, and I think this is something that people don't see and people that want to get into business really think that if they're paying 55, you know, if a customer comes in and pays $55 for a Brazilian, that that business owner gets to take $55 and put it into their pocket. And that couldn't, that couldn't be further from the truth. Um, I've always said that there's three people that get paid before a business owner. First one is employees. Okay. Second one is rent and third one is suppliers. And then if there's anything left over, that's what you get to take home. But those three people get paid before a business owner does at any time. You always need to take care of your employees because they're the ones that, that make the money. You can't, you can't, you know, function without them. You need a place to do business out of, and you need to keep your suppliers happy because you need product from them, right? So all three of those people get paid before you actually see a penny. And I think the one thing people don't think about is the amount of money that it takes just to open a business mm. that the business owner is typically severely in debt or saved for a very long time. Yeah. to be able to start that business because at the low end you're looking at a minimum of probably twenty to thirty thousand dollars just to start a business mm -hmm. and that's that not even counting yeah, absolutely and that's oh. not even a big storefront that is like mm -hmm. you're almost walking into a turnkey type place and your only real focus is being able to pay rent pay the bills and set up the rooms and the space and have retail product and have product to work with. That is a very like turnkey type business. You know, it's, I'll, I'll tell you right now, the, you know, wax Vancouver was a quarter of a million construction, construction, mm -hmm. three months worth of wages, um, products, supplies, inventory, like the whole nine yards was a quarter of a million. And I, I mortgaged my condo at the time in order to do it, to take that money and invest it into, into the business. Mm -hmm. um, that's, that's the reality. It's not, it's not easy. And, you know, and this is what, when I talked about with what's happening with the pandemic and yes, you know, it's really great that our government is giving us, you know, these, these loans and stuff. Great. But I didn't ask for more debt. Like, sure, the help is nice, but like now I've got another loan to pay. You're always looking for money as as a business owner, because the other thing that happens is when you come out of being an employee, no bank will help you because you don't have a steady income anymore. Right. So when I was in corporate and I was able to show them my pay stubs and that I was employed by someone and I was an employee, things were great. People were giving me credit cards all the time. Did you want a line of credit? Did you want this? Did you want that? Do you want a car loan? Do you want this? As soon as that stops and you you put entrepreneur or business owner on your paperwork mm -hmm. and you're not making millions of dollars and you don't know where your next paycheck is coming from, no one will lend you money. 
And when I went to the bank that, you know, my parents had been banking, banking with for 30 plus years and had a, you know, had a mortgage with them at 18% back in the eighties and and all that and paid it all off. Um, I went to the bank and I asked for a line of credit, like 20 or $30,000. And they said, what is it for? And I said, well, I'm starting a business denied. Wow. Wow. Denied. That's crazy. So when you are paying yourself, is there a good rule of thumb? Like, do you pay yourself a certain percentage? Do you try to work out what your ideal hourly wage would be? Or like, does it just depend month to month? How do you? I think take the word ideal right out of that because you're not getting an ideal wage at the Mm -hmm. beginning, at least for the first, I'm going to say five years, Mm -hmm. at least, at least. Yep. And that's only if you want to just sustain what you have. If you're looking to grow your business in Mm -hmm. any way, shape or form, Mm -hmm. you're going to continuously have to put money back into it. So even if you do decide to pay yourself, you probably have the mindset that half of what you are taking home, you're going to turn around and sock right back into the business anyway. So why even take it? You might as well just take half of what you wanted to take. Yeah. 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 How as a business owner, do you pay rent or your own mortgage or your own car and bills and things like that? You budget very, very carefully and you do not live beyond your means. Do you get a second job? (laughs) <laughs> yeah I mean really, like, though. I, I'm very I'm very lucky because I've got a partner who does exceptionally well in his career so you know I, I have that buffer that you know there's there's days where he picks up a lot of the bills um months that he picks up a lot of like for October for example like he takes yeah. care of everything at that point um but for example if you take my business in the U.S. Um, I have to make sure that my wage covers my mortgage for my home, my car payment, mm-hmm. my basic living expenses, and things that just like I need to be able to pay for. Yeah. And and I remember, you know, years back having to say no to to friends about like going out to a concert or going out for dinner, or I was just like, I like I can't like this this is a really tough month for for wax and I just don't have the funds to be able to do that. And that's a lot of people don't have that. Um, what's the word I want to use? They um, they're either too embarrassed to say it, or they just don't want to do it because you know it, they they have fear of FOMO. Yeah. Right. The fear of missing out, um, or they want to be a part of it, and that's the strong. That's where you have to be very strong as an entrepreneur to be like, mm, can't do it. I'm gonna have to give this concert up, or this trip up, or this you know, fancy car that I want to drive with a car payment or whatever it is in order to have a better life for myself 10 years down the line. Like you really have to look to the future on what your future can look like versus what instant gratification looks like today. Wow. Okay. So I'm not going to start a business. (laughs) (laughs) They say it takes a very special individual to become an entrepreneur. It yeah. takes a special mindset. It takes yeah. a certain work ethic. You know, some people will tell you, oh, I work so hard. Yeah, but you work so hard from 9 a.m. till 5 p.m. And when you walk out that door, you turn it all off. You're off, off. Yeah. yeah. The true sense of an entrepreneur is somebody who is constantly checking their work when they're not at work. 
-hmm. So if you are that type of person that is constantly worried about what is going on in your office, even when it's your vacation or even when it's your weekend and you're, you're still checking on your emails just in case something important came in and you're still Mm -hmm. responding or you're constantly trying to find new ways to better the company that you work at. Well, then you're probably an entrepreneur at heart. But if you're that person that is like, I'm going to do everything in my power to get to this concert, to get to this cottage, to go on that date, to eat at that fancy restaurant, to buy that fancy pair of shoes. Yeah, you're probably not an entrepreneur. Yeah, it it never it never stops. Like my brain, I cannot I've been really trying, especially these last few months Mm -hmm. to really get into like meditating and turning my brain off. And I cannot, I cannot make my head quiet. I am constantly thinking about work. And it's like, it's literally something to the point that like, I've reached out to my therapist about it and been like, I, like, I cannot turn it off. I'm trying to do meditation. I'm trying to do yoga. I'm trying to do whatever it can. My brain will not turn off with like, it's little thing in the back being like, oh, I wonder if I do this or if I do that or if I try that or I wonder what's going on here or I wonder what's happening in Vegas and I wonder if the girls are okay and I'm wondering what's happening with unemployment and I still have to do this. It won't shut up. Like that voice in my head, I cannot get to shut the fuck up. (laughs) Okay, you need to try sleep meditation. I have been. Everybody always says, no, you've got to meditate in the middle of the day or the morning or whatever. No, no, no. My favorite is a sleep meditation. Mm -hmm. I put it on beside my bed. It's like 12 minutes long and nine times out of 10, I am out cold before it's even at like eight minutes and you have the best night's sleep. So You maybe don't stay asleep, but you have a good like Mm -hmm. first few hours anyway. (laughs) So mine is 45 minutes. Holy, I wouldn't be able, I wouldn't make it. (laughs) And I did it today at 3 a.m. Oh my God. That's, that's my wake up time. I wake up at three no matter what. And my brain is going nonstop. I used to, um, when I was single, I used to sleep with a piece of paper and pen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I get all my best ideas when I'm sleeping. And I just like, I would wake up and I would turn around and I would just jot notes down and not notes down and note and what, like what needs to be done. Um, I have tried a couple things lately. Um, I, try to turn off my phone an hour before going to bed. And I now leave my phone in my office. Mm, So I no longer have it with me because I will be on it all night. I'll be on it all night. There's always something to do. And there, there's nothing worse than that because your brain is consistently active because of like the lights Mm. and everything from your phone. Even even when it's on that dim mode or whatever, it's still constantly active. Um, Mm. But, have yeah. you tried binaural beats do you know what those are Mm-mm. no they're you should try that at night too they're really good it's like music that's been designed to have different sound waves that will reach each side of your brain at different speeds so each ear um you have to listen to it with headphones though yeah um but it is so relaxing because it's oh it's just so crazy the science behind it binaural beats b-i N-A-U-R-A-L. I need to check this out. They're so good. So, like, sometimes you can find meditations that use those in it, but it'll just be, like, spa music, but it's the sound engineer has designed it to, like, reach different 
different frequencies in your head so much. See, for a long time, I had a really hard time listening to spa music during a meditation. Because, because to me, it was like a reminder work. of being at work. Yeah, that makes sense completely. And oh, yeah. so it, was, it was even worse. And so I'm thinking, you're trying to make me not think about work. And you're putting all of these like subliminal messages around me that are like, you should be at work. You should be at work. <laughs> 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 no, not at all. So, yeah, I don't know. I was like... I don't know. I can't turn my brain off. I think, I think that's a sign of an entrepreneur. If you're someone that wants to take, you know, your vacation and have two weeks off and not be bothered, that's probably not going to happen. Here's a perfect example of a very successful entrepreneur. Jake was trying to buy um, a vehicle um, over these last couple of weeks. Well, we've been looking for the last couple of months or whatever. And of course he just picks up what he wants. And then he introduces, he like emails the, the dealership and he's like, this is exactly what I want. I built it out, blah, blah. And then they're like, Hey, we have it for you. We're so excited. Like, when are you going to come in? And he's like, and please meet my wife. She takes care of all the finances. And I just wrote back too much. Here's my budget. This is what I'm willing to pay. And the poor guy was like, Oh my God. Like he thought he had the, like the easiest sale in the world. And now this bitch comes in and is like, no, that's not going to fit our budget. Uh, you need to do better. So I went down to the dealership and I was like, this is my budget. This is what I want. Let's, let's, let's not beat around the bush. Like if you can't do it, you just openly need to tell me you can't do it and I'll go someplace else. And my whole motto for either buying property or vehicles is this. I would like a new house or a new car, but I don't need a new house or a new car. Like I'm not emotionally attached to it at all. So here's my price. If you can make it work, great. If not, just tell me and it won't work. So they kept emailing and I was like, please don't waste my time. Like I told you what my budget is. So unless you're going to come back and say I can make it work, then please don't contact me. So I finally had enough of these people and I was like, just stop contacting me if you can't do it. So I emailed Brian Jessel. And those of you on the West Coast probably have heard his name before. He has the most successful um, BMW dealership um, in Vancouver, possibly in Canada, I think. Very, very successful, self-made, multi-multi-millionaire. Um, and he, he's incredible. So I emailed him and I was like, Brian, how are you? Haven't talked to you in a while. This is what I'm looking for. This is my budget. This is what it is. Three minutes it took him to respond to me. And anytime I reach out to this man, literally within five minutes, I have a response. Wow. He, lives in, he lives in Mexico for half the year. He's in Mexico right now, but he is constantly attached to his email somehow. And he completely worked a deal for me. He said, yeah, I can totally help you. My best friend owns the um, busiest car or most successful um, Jeep dealership in North America, whatever it is, looped me into an email, got me totally set up, car got delivered. Wow. So what did that, you get? Uh, he got a Jeep Gladiator. I don't know the Gladiator. It, it, it looks like a fucking toy. Like, I, <laughs> I do not like it. There's nothing. I, I, that was the best part. It's like when I was going into the dealerships, they were like, oh, this is so great. You would look really good in it. And I was like, I personally think it's ugly and I, I'm never going to drive it. This is not for me. Like, this is not for me. Oh, it does look like a toy. It does. It just looks like this little toy. 
It's it's a Jeep. It's like a with, Hot Wheel. Yeah, it's a Jeep. It's like with, a Jeep um, pickup truck. Exactly. Oh, cool. I know what it is. It's those new ones. Yeah, like we went, you know, we went for dinner the other night, and uh, he like he took the top off, and I was like, no, no, <laughs> and I sat there with like his gym towel over my head, like an old lady, being like, mm, mm. I was like super cranky. I was like, oh, this is ruining my hair. I don't like this. There's wind. Like it just, it's like, it's not for me at all. So as soon as they're like, Oh, I remember when I bought my first brand new car, they were like, Oh, this looks so the, the white leather or the tan leather looks so nice with your blonde hair. I'm like, are you fucking kidding? Nobody's really? looking at that. Like that. Cause this is like, you're trying to care about it, I'm sure. Oh my God. But anyway, so going back to entrepreneurship, Brian is super successful. He's pretty much retired. People run his dealership in Vancouver. He hasn't set foot in it probably in, I don't know, a year. He lives in Mexico half the time, but he is still completely 100% connected to his email for any business opportunities. Wow. Right? So it never ends. Whether you're making you know millions of dollars or not paying yourself in October, it, the mindset is the same. He responds and makes a deal immediately and is connected to his emails in case a deal comes across where he has the opportunity to make money. I think it's like a hobby though too. Like your yeah. job almost has to be like your, your hobby. It has to mm -hmm. be something that you're passionate about that you enjoy. Otherwise, you're not going to put the effort into it. I almost compare it to when you're in school. They make you read a certain book or they make you take a certain class and you really don't like it and you fight it and you skip and you this and you that. But if it's a class that you paid for, you want to be there, you want to learn about, you are going to put 100% effort into it because you're interested. Yeah. But it goes back to what's that saying about like, if you love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the Not difference. Not necessarily with true, but... The right. sentiment, yeah. <laughs> the sentiment. Because, like, I always yeah. say the worst part is getting up in the morning. Once you're there, it's it's yeah. easy as high. It's getting up and getting out of bed and getting yourself there. It's like going to the gym. Yeah, you know, exactly. I'm not that person that enjoys getting up and going to the gym, but I feel great after I've worked out. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there, I mean, there's definitely aspects of the job that I, I absolutely despise and hate and wish that like, I never had to do it again, for sure. But um, it's almost like the adrenaline when things start to come together and you see what your vision and your dream is, that it's actually coming to fruition. Like mm -hmm. that, that's where the addiction is of like, mm -hmm. oh, but, you know, this is what I've done. This is what I could do. It was just an idea. And now it's actually coming to life. Um, but yeah, no, what are the parts that you hate? I hate payroll. <laughs> I hate payroll. I hate record of employments. I hate taxes. Okay. I hate, um, you know, having to pull reports and filing taxes and, and you have to remember I'm doing it in two countries as well. Right. So like the sales tax of the GST yeah. and then the PST here, and I've got sales tax, Nevada sales tax. I've got two separate payroll taxes I need to do. Um, you know, I was just talking to Becca on a management meeting, like as soon as employees don't clock out for breaks, you need to go in and you need to like readjust and look and see what happened. People aren't clocking in properly. They forget yeah. to clock out. Like that takes a lot of freaking time mm -hmm. to do that. Uh, I do payroll in two countries every two weeks for the last 13 years. Oh, I am 
over it. I am exhausted. Or, you know, the whole like record of employment thing was exhausting with the pandemic, Uh especially in Vegas. So if someone quits in Canada, as a business owner, you need to go in and you need to, you know, say why they quit. You need to upload all the information on how much you straight away. Every single pay period, you need to put in the amount that you paid this person while they worked for you. So the amount of work that goes into it is like, okay, here we go. Um, Vegas is different. If someone quits or is terminated, they just go away. But then when they file for unemployment, you get a letter as a business owner, and then you have to go back and fill out all that information. So I had people that didn't work for me for five years claiming unemployment, the letters coming to me. Now I need to go into the software system, unarchive them, pull all of their information from when they did work for me, and then fill out all the information from there. The amount of years later, that's a system. Yeah. The amount of paperwork. I mean, there's a reason why my office looks the way that it does. The amount of paperwork um, as a business owner, I was not expecting. Mm. I was not expecting. I knew that I would have to do payroll and stuff, but I just like had this thing in my head that like, oh, everyone's going to clock in and out perfectly and take their breaks perfectly and everything was going to be totally fine. Um, Babysitter. You're literally like a babysitter and like that's the one. And that's what I say to to the staff when they're like, well, I didn't really feel like doing that or I was bored. I'm like, you know what bores me? Payroll. Guess what happens when I don't do it? You get pissed off. So we all have aspects of our job that we don't like. Yeah, of course. Right. And, you know, and again, going back to how do you pay yourself? I don't have a bookkeeper because I want to be able to take that money home. A bookkeeper is not cheap, probably around $35, $45 an hour of stuff that I could possibly, or I I know that I can do by myself if I'm disciplined. It's time-consuming and tedious. Exactly. Um, Do I file my own taxes? No, I've got an accountant for all of that part of it. But it's like the day-to-day stuff I can do because I don't want to spend that money on a bookkeeper. I would rather put that money in my pocket. Yeah, So you make all of these sacrifices. But again, going back to what Ashley said, like, if you're that person that's like, oh, I don't want to do that. That's, that's boring. Or that's that I'm going to hire someone to do that. Or if you work in a corporation where you mm-hmm. have accountants there, mm-hmm. that's a difference between an employee versus an entrepreneur. You do mm-hmm. the shit that you don't want to do. Yeah, exactly. That's like an employee versus an owner mindset. I was listening to a sales podcast by a guy named Victor Antonio. Mm-hmm. He used to be the host of a show called Life or Debt. I don't know if you guys watched that. I didn't watch it. I was too young, but I just Googled his name so I could get it right. Um, but he has a great podcast of like sales ideas, marketing ideas, management, you know, that whole thing. And on one of his episodes, he was talking about how he and his wife, they were on vacation somewhere they wanted to go to brunch there was this really cute restaurant and they tried to go and it was like their brunch started at like 11 or something and they were there at 10 30 and the waitress or the host or whoever said oh sorry like we can't seat you for brunch yet or we can't seat you on the patio because they wanted to sit somewhere nice it was a beautiful day whatever brunch starts at 11 like sorry you're gonna have to I can put you on the wait list and and then we'll call you when it's open right and then they were like okay but 
we're saying like, we'll pay you for brunch right now if you can put us on the patio. And she was like, no, sorry, like brunch doesn't happen until 11, I can't do that. So then they walked across the street to another restaurant that again, didn't have brunch starting until 11 or whatever time it was and they were there a little early. And they just so happened to get the owner of the restaurant that was at the front at that time. And they said, hey, like, we really want to sit outside. Can we get brunch here right now? And the owner made it happen. He got a server. He was like, all of a sudden, you're working the patio. Maybe not the whole patio is open, maybe just this one table. But these people are here right now and willing to spend money, like, in my business. We're going to make it happen. So this guy, Antonio, or Victor Antonio, he was talking on his podcast that that was a really good representation of an owner mindset versus an employee mindset. Mm-hmm. Like as soon as you hit a rule or a roadblock, you're just like, oh, can't do it. Like those are the rules. You don't really question it. And in some places you can't, I suppose. But an owner mindset is very much like, well, how can we bend the rules or just make it work this one time for at the end of the day, the bigger picture and the bottom line. And, you know, the, the whole point of having a business is to it's, offer it's, a service in exchange for money. So like, you're going to do whatever you can to make that possible. It's problem solving all the time. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly so that's the same as that BMW dealership owner, you know, just different yeah. mindset, just like, yep, I'll make it work. I'll figure out a way to make our numbers match with your numbers and we'll get you a car instead of just like, oh, well, like, what if, and, you know, I can't do that, but do you want to upgrade your tires? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and it's crazy because, I mean, we, we weren't buying a BMW, we were buying a Jeep. Yeah, so it wasn't even him making the money. It was like, oh, yeah, I know a guy, he'll be able to work within that price. Yeah, so, and that's something that I took from him, and the whole um, experience that I had when I did buy a BMW from him years and years ago Um, I had such a good experience there and I was treated so well by his company. And that's what I wrote him. I was like, I know because Brian always refers to anything that's non BMW, not a real car. (laughs) When when him and I met at the gym, that was kind of how, how it came to be. He said to me, uh, because I was bugging him, he was complaining that there was no valet at the gym. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? This is a gym. Like there is no valet, like get off your ass and walk here. And we were in the parking lot. He was getting into his fancy BMW. I was getting into my Volkswagen. And he says to me, um, if you ever want a real car, give me a call and let me know. So when I sent him an email, I was like, I know this is not a real car in your books, but this is what Jake is looking for. This is the budget. Are you able to help me? Um, I totally lost my train of thought on where I was going with this. Um, oh, so... Um, one of the things that he had said to me when years ago, when I came into his office and I was like, you're super, super successful. Give me one piece of advice. How do I get to be you? Like what is one piece of advice that you can offer to like a new business owner? And what what did he say? He said something about work in your twenties, build in your Mm thirties. And then something in your forties. What was it? It was more of like, I think it was more kind of like sit back and watch to see what, what you built and what you worked for in your, in your twenties and thirties. So it's all about your twenties and thirties to like really, really tough it out. And then the forties and the fifties and the sixties get like way easier. You're talking like two freaking decades. You know, I know Ash brought up like, you know, five years until you kind of start. This guy is now talking decades on what to actually be successful. He also told me to take less meetings. 
So he yeah. doesn't take any meetings. That's interesting. Elon Musk doesn't go in a lot of meetings either. What he does is if he's in a meeting and he is no longer needed in that meeting or he's already like done what he needs to do in that meeting, he'll just leave. Like, yeah. ha- like he'll be there for two minutes, be like, okay, this, 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 like whatever part he's needed for. And he just leaves and he says like, if you're not needed, mm-hmm. don't be there. Yeah. And it takes a certain person to leave a meeting. And, yeah, I'm like, and, okay, that's fine when you're the owner of Tesla. But, like, right? imagine if I was just like, okay, Luba, like, I'm done. Bye. <laughs> yeah. God, no. Yeah, that probably wouldn't work. Um, but even, like, okay, so let me spin it this way. Um, if I was in, a, we were in a meeting this morning, Becca, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be comfortable being like, okay, I'm done this meeting. I'm going to now leave. Because mm-hmm. I would feel that I wasn't supporting you and Chloe in the meeting. Mm-hmm. Do you know what yeah, I mean? I don't know if it's a hard and fast rule for Elon Musk because what did he do when it was a much smaller company? Because you need to be aware of things as much as Chloe and I need mm-hmm. to be aware of things. And yeah, but but it's interesting that the BMW guy, Brian, agrees mm-hmm. with Elon Musk. No meetings. I feel like this is like a once you've built the business. Yeah. This is not yeah. the in the building. The 20s and 30s. Yeah. The nitty gritty. Like 20s and 30s. This is like your 50s and 60s or yeah, however you sense. want to to establish once your business is self-running and successful mm-hmm. then i think that you you can take that step back and you've put your aces in their places in order to mm-hmm. run the day-to-day and you're stepping in to be like okay this is what we need to improve this is the changes that we're going to make this is what we're going to be implementing now and you get in there, you state that. If there's anything else that you need to hear, great. Otherwise, you do what you got to do, and someone will fill me in after. But yeah. he probably has a receptionist or a personal assistant or what it's have you that is sitting yeah. there taking, like, note by note and probably sends him a recap of mm-hmm. anything yeah. that he needs or is going to make. Well, I, and I think that goes back to, like, exactly what we're talking about, like, paying yourself and all of that the most important thing is getting the right people in place. The right people to put in place do not make minimum wage, right? Mm-hmm. So, and again, you need to hire the right people. You need to pay them well. And then that, again, comes out of the owner's pocket, right? The owner's um, wages or payroll or whatever, however you want to look at it. But once you have those right people to get you to the next level, that's when you can spend half the time in Mexico, and you can be contacted yeah. for right. opportunities yeah. and stuff because you've got the right people in place that you trust that are the people that are making those decisions, Becca, that have the, the manager business owner mindset. Mm-hmm. And you know that your business is being taken care of. Mm-hmm. But that definitely doesn't happen at the beginning. It takes a very long time. And I think it takes a while to figure out who you can trust when in business as well. Oh my God, of course. You know, what do they say? Sheeps come, sheep come in many different clothes or wolves come in Mm -hmm. different clothes. I don't know. There's one of those like sheep wolf type saying. Yeah. Yeah, Where, you know, like somebody seems like they're fantastic, but once those true colors kind of start to come out, you realize that they're really not a good person at all. Mm-hmm. And the wrong person in your, what do they say? Like one bad, one bad apple can spoil the Lose whole the bunch. bunch. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. it's true because if you have somebody that is either not really on your team and they're trying to be snaky behind your back, or if you have somebody that is, you know, whispering 
negativity around to the rest of the staff mm -hmm. or whatever it is, you can, you can run into a lot of problems that way. And you have to, and I've made this mistake several times, trying to help those people, trying to keep them, trying to, you know, I always look at like, well, they were really good back in 2008 when they were with me, you know, let's just stick it out because they've been there for 10 years or, you know, whatever, whatever the case was, that's not true. Like it really is about chopping it off, getting it, you know, over and done with mm -hmm. and having them leave because I've literally lost the entire team because of one person because they poison people so badly within yeah just makes it within the store toxic yeah. you have to every day decide would you hire this person again today at yeah. their current level of performance i love that the answer is yeah. you want to see people improve like if the of person course. was great the day they came in but there's been no change no improvement mm -hmm. what's the point Mm -hmm. There, everybody needs to constantly be growing. You can't have anybody that's kind of sitting there stagnant. Mm -hmm. And it might not be growing as their skill set because maybe their skill set was already top notch. But maybe, and we're talking spa business here, so maybe their retail skills have you know grown exponentially. Mm -hmm. Maybe their rebooking skills have grown exponentially. Maybe their managerial skills have grown. There's there's always something to to learn and to to broaden your horizon. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Ash, how did you pay yourself when you had your own business? Did you just like, yeah. live, off the, live off the tips? Did you, because see, this is another thing with, with business owners in the spa industry. Mm -hmm. I'm not yeah. an esthetician, so I right. can't go into the treatment room and have those cash tips to help me out financially along the way. Like I really have to count on my staff that I have to pay whether we're busy or not. Mm -hmm. Yeah. See, that is where I was a little bit different, a little bit luckier. So I was able to take some of those tips. But even still, a lot of the time when you're the business owner, you don't get as many tips or as exactly. big of tips because people assume that the money is going directly into your pocket. Um, yeah. So a lot of the time, there were times that I wouldn't get any tips. But for the most part, it was only tips. And I had a separate job. I had a second job oh. that I, I had to work as well because that was the only way it was, I was going to stay afloat and I had to have a certain amount of money put aside. So really, I never really took much money out of my business, sadly, oh. sadly. Yeah. And then yeah. it either comes to a time where you have to realize either you can't afford it anymore, even if you want to do it. Um, or you have to find other ways to sustain. It's crazy. The road is not, yeah, the road is not easy. I remember like, and I didn't complain about it cause I love it, but I remember just like eating craft dinner for like weeks on end. Oh, craft dinner's so good though. <laughs> After the hundredth box, it's not so good. Yeah. 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 Which and is growing up in a European home. Sometimes I think it's more of a, a novelty. Because you never really had it as a kid, so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember, too. I remember, like, I lost a lot of friends when I um, when I opened up my business because I, I rolled with these high rollers. They were all very, very successful business owners and usually passed on from generation to gen generation. So they, they didn't necessarily have to work. They were already, like, multimillionaires based on what their grandfathers and fathers did we would go to Vegas all the time on the weekends. Sometimes we would only go down for like 33 hours at a time. 
Um, I met them when I was in corporate and I was doing very, very well in corporate. Could I yeah. keep up with a million dollar lifestyle? Absolutely not. But could I go to Vegas for the weekend? Absolutely. Yeah. No issue, right? So when I decided to go out on my own, they continued to live that life. I continued to get invited once, twice, three times. You say no. None of those friendships exist anymore. I don't talk to any of them. Um, and it's not that it was a falling out or whatever. It was just mm -hmm. that I couldn't keep up with that. I had to continue saying no. I was now the boring friend mm -hmm. um, because I was working seven days a week as a receptionist in my own business for the first three, four years. That's how bad your lifestyle needs to change. And that's how bad you need. You have to want something um, to be able to say no for like three to five years. And you have to be ready to lose friendships. Um, over it and you have to be ready for your life to, to change drastically you know and unless you are given a bunch of money where your lifestyle doesn't have to change if you truly are an entrepreneur and starting from the, the bottom up um, those are the sad things that go along with it and I remember being like really hurt and disappointed now I like I really don't care but at the time you just I always said that entrepreneurship is the loneliest place in the world mm -hmm. you're by yourself all the time you don't have a manager that you can go talk to and vent to you don't have um, an HR department um, you're definitely not going to walk in and complain about everything to your employees you know they a don't want to yeah. hear it B you can't put that on them it is mm -hmm. the loneliest place in the world um, there was a friend of mine who had started a business and he said to me Luba I literally thought and I said to him I was like before you do it just remember, entrepreneurship is the loneliest place in the world. You won't have anyone to go talk to. You'll have really hard days. Oh. You know, there's no one that you know is going to be there to that you can vent to or anything like that. And less than a year went by, and he said to me, "I literally thought being the boss meant walking into an office, which he doesn't have an office. <laughs> walking into an office, having a bunch of employees, and bossing them around and telling them what to do." Oh my God. That's what he thought it was. And he's like, your words could not be any truer on what you said to me a few months ago. Wow. I think even the, what you're talking about, about losing friends, I think there's a lot of other ways that you lose friends when you start a business as well. And I think it comes down to, depending on what your business is, everybody and anybody will come out of the woodwork and they will want something from you. Yep. And they will want it at a discount or they yep. will want it for free or whatever it is. And I think the true testament of a really good friend is walking in and wanting to pay full price. Yeah. And even if they give you a discount, then it's like you leave a tip. Yeah. You know? Or you're, you're like, okay, I'm going to share it all over social media or I'm going to, you want to be able to help these friends and make their, yeah. their business successful. But from the opposite side of things, everybody wants something free. Yep. I, and I know. think establishing like a friends and family discount mm -hmm. or something, if that's what you want to do, you have to kind of set that out ahead of time and make sure you stick to it. You know, it's, it's funny that you say that, Ash, because when we were shut down and we were trying to come up with absolutely anything just to get a couple of dollars in the store um, through e-commerce or anything like that, it was amazing those of my friends that 
went online and purchased, whether it be gift cards or the facials that we were doing or anything like that to help support me during a difficult time versus the people that just expect free stuff from me. And just this last week, I had three messages from the girls in Vegas being like, oh, so-and-so came in and they said that it wasn't a big deal, that they're, they've been blocked and they, um, they've been banned and that they're friends with you and, and that they usually get this discount and they don't have to pay for their no-show, no-call from six months ago, which in that six months you went someplace else and not supported me. Now you've clearly come back because we're the best and you don't even want to pay your $45 charge and you want to name drop my name, but I haven't spoken to you in over a year. Mm-hmm. So it's incredible. A lot. They're like, oh, I know Luba, I know Luba. And I'm like, I know all Luba's friends. You are not one of them. <laughs> At least in Vancouver, we have people and it's like, they worked next door in the tanning salon to you 10 years ago. And they're like, oh, me and Luba are friends. I'm like, no, you're not. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that's a disappointing part because, you know, you go through this, this point of like not making any money, having your business shut down as and opposed to people coming in trying to support you, which we, we definitely did. And I'm very grateful for those friends, but you definitely get more of those people that are like, Oh, I, I know Ashley. And um, this is not a big deal. She usually gives me a discount and there's way more of that. And it's so frustrating. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So moral of the story, pay yourself first if you can <laughs> and watch your friends. Right. Pretty much. Um, you know, and I would also say, you know, tone down your lifestyle. Yeah. Leave leave below your means. Leave below your means. Save as much as you can. Um, I remember when I decided to be an entrepreneur, I was very conscious of the fact that I was single and that I had no children. So I was not going to be a burden on my partner and I was not going to be a burden on my children if I couldn't support them. And I remember thinking very openly that if this doesn't work and I, it goes belly up, the only person I have to be responsible for is myself. Yeah. And I'm okay with that, but I'm not going to lose like my family's home or I'm not going to be able to not feed my children for the next six months or whatever it is. That was a very conscious decision because most businesses shut down after three years. Mm-hmm. The average business closes down after three years. And that's three, three years of trying. That's not three years of getting paid. That's yeah. three years of trying to make it. So the moral of the story is location, location, location. And do it young enough where you don't have a spouse or children and you still live at home with mommy and daddy. Yeah, I mean, that would be ideal. And and there and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, I think what's different today is that the people that are living with mommy and daddy are overspending. Yeah. They yeah. Still, but they still want to say that they're an entrepreneur or but a keeping business up with owner, the Joneses. Right. Mm-hmm. But trying to keep up with all of that. So, you know. Be prepared Forget to the lose. Joneses. They want the Kardashians. Yeah, I was exactly. just going to say that. That's what it is now. I was just going to say that. And fancy clothes. and yes. know, You can look pretty, but deep down you're broke. Yeah. Um, so be prepared to lose a lot of friends. Be prepared for very, very late nights. Um, mm-hmm. Be prepared to do every aspect of the job. Yes. Um, you know, clean the toilets, mop the floors, work reception, work in the treatment rooms, whatever it may be. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, be prepared for a major lifestyle change, but the rewards can be very beneficial at the end if you stick through it. Um, I know that old Dejar from Eminence Organics talks about people go up to him all the time and they say, what's it like to be an overnight success? <laughs> and he goes, this overnight success took me 10 years. Yeah. Or what or whatever it is, but it, like yeah. it's up there. You just see the tip of the iceberg, mm -hmm. not what's under the water. Yeah. And I think that's what a lot of people see. And you know, I got this the other day. I was well, before the pandemic, I was in the store and one of the clients that knows Trish, our um, hairdresser, partnered hairdresser, said to me, Oh my god, Luba, I love your life. And I was like, like, I don't even know you. Like she's a client of she follows me on Instagram. And she's like, I would love to live your life. Like I, I look at your Instagram account and I was like, oh my God, I love your life. And I was like, oh. Instagram is not real. Yeah. Like <laughs> highlight real. And I do like, I, I do post some like real life stuff. Like when my mom was sick and stuff like that, I was like, like, this is my life today. Like, you know, this is what's happening. I don't just post the good stuff, but the majority of, of what everyone posts is the good life. How often um, or, do you sit there and fight with your spouse and like take a shot of you fighting and then post it? Right. Or, you know, how often do you post the car accident you just got into mm -hmm. or, yeah. you know, the horrible phone call or the empty bank account? Like people don't yeah. post those things. <laughs> no, no, of course not. Or the amount of times that I've had employees tell me, I want to be just like you. <laughs> if I had a dime for every time that was said, my then you can pay yourself. I, then I can pay myself really well. And it, like every time that is said, I'm like, oh, you have no idea. Like you have no idea. And none of those people that have ever said that have ever worked out in the company or went off and become entrepreneurs themselves. I would say those people that have said that have turned out to be not so successful. Yeah. It's all so. smoke and mirrors, the glitz and the glamour. Mm -hmm. So what, for our listeners out there, what is our message to them? What is, how do be they Be an employee themselves? forever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a hardworking employee. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think the message that I would like to, to put out there to them is budget really well. Yeah. Know who your friends are. Because um, mm -hmm. it's usually a very much a smaller circle than what it is. Yeah. Do your research and your homework and do a business plan. I think that's one of the most yeah. important things that I did was that I knew that I wasn't going to get paid within the first year. I knew that was that was going to be a reality for me. Um, but I only knew that based on a business plan. Yeah. Um, and then I would say you definitely need to invest in an accountant, not a bookkeeper. You can learn. You can learn all of that. Um, something that I did was at the beginning, I hired a bookkeeper and I had them set me up on the, on the program, teach me, show me. And after a couple of months, I terminated her and then I went in and I did everything myself. Yep. So I paid for someone, I learned it all, took it on myself, but you definitely do need a, um, you need to invest in an accountant. So they are the ones I can tell you, this is the way that you need to pay yourself. This is how you can save money in taxes. Um, and then they, they guide you through it year by year because your business will change year by year. Mm -hmm. That's good. Uh, I don't know if I have advice cause I'm just an employee. <laughs> so Ashley, what's your advice? I'd say persevere. 
I'd say if you can dream it and you really want it, you can make it happen. You just have to have patience and you have to work hard for it. Don't be discriminated, discriminated. Don't be, what's the word I'm looking for? Discouraged. Discouraged. There's the word I'm looking for. Don't be discouraged. Don't be, beat yourself up. You know, you're going to have good days. You're going to have bad days. But at the end of the day, if this is what you really want and you have a dream and you have a goal and you want to make a difference in the world with what you're doing, then keep doing it. Mm -hmm. Actually, I do have advice. If you're in Canada and if you're young, open a TFSA and an investing account. That's my financial advice. Okay. It's not about business, but it'll help you later on. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Fill up the TFSA because the government can't touch that. Yay, we love that. Yeah, I don't know the U.S. equivalent, so you guys are on your own. <laughs> 401k, but that's retirement, right? Yeah. yeah. So I don't, I don't know. U.S. is on your own. <laughs> Thank you for joining us for another episode of Between Both Cheeks. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Between Both Cheeks. You can slide into our DMs, ask us any questions, or if there's any topics you want us to address. You can also email us at comments at Between Both Cheeks. And where can they listen to us, Becca? Pretty much anywhere you listen to podcasts. iTunes is our favorite place because you can write a review there. Otherwise, Spotify is good. iHeartRadio app is great. There's lots of other awesome podcasts with iHeartRadio. And anywhere else that you listen to podcasts, if you use a smart app, just search between both peaks and you should up. Thank you and goodbye.